Hey y'all, welcome to Fast Facts for Gen Z. I'm your host, Callie, and I don't know anything about anything. Come with me while I explore the world, and I'll tell you everything you ever and never wanted to know through the eyes of Gen Z. Today's episode is a little different from what we're used to. I want to do a mini-series of amateur book reviews. Now, I won't do these every week, but once in a while, you'll get to hear about the books I like or don't like. Today, I'm reviewing An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green. This episode will contain spoilers. I'm sorry, it just will. First off, let's talk about Hank Green, aka America's most popular science teacher. That's the guy on SciShow, teaching us all about biology and chemistry and psychology and whatever else is going on in science these days. He's a chemist by education, but he's a content creator by trade. He got his start on YouTube making videos back and forth with his brother, John Green. You know, John Green, the Crash Course history guy, also John Green, the YA novel author, Fault in Our Stars, Looking for Alaska, that guy, same guy. He and Hank are brothers. <laughs> Small world. Hank has too many jobs, also. Earlier this week, he said that exact thing in a tweet that he has too many jobs. To give you an idea of just how many jobs Hank has, a fan made an entire website dedicated to the things he's made. It's called Days Since Hank Green Last Started a New Thing. Com. Right now, it's been 22 days. He started a new podcast. The spreadsheet of all the recorded things he started has 86 rows, and that's not even including everything he collaborates on. So, basically, busy guy. Somewhere in his 86 jobs, which includes being a father, Hank Green found time to write a book. Two books, actually, but today we're just talking about his first novel, titled An Absolutely Remarkable Thing. This book is complicated. It's complicated in part because it's long and there's a lot going on, but it's also complicated because it's part book, part social commentary. It blends these two parts nearly flawlessly, but it does take your brain for a spin nonetheless. So, let's just jump straight into it, shall we? An Absolutely Remarkable Thing is a science fiction novel. Should I have led with that? I don't like science fiction. Maybe I should have led with that, too. However, I absolutely adore this book, and let me tell you why. The science fiction I've had to read in school, or just because I found it in the library, has all been very white male-focused which is hard. <laughs> it's all like, ooh, what if technology was bad, and everything was bad, and everything was as bad for white people as it is for everyone else? Or what if the government was controlling or robots were evil? Like, we've been there, you know? The government is controlling. Robots are evil. An episode is coming on why none of my devices are allowed to give me personalized ads and why I don't have TikTok and why I kind of hate that my family has an Amazon Echo Dot, but that's not this episode. 
This, this episode is on how Hank Green, a middle-aged white man, wrote a contemporary speculative fiction novel about a bisexual millennial girl and managed to fit in highly nuanced social commentary while he was doing it. This book is narrated by its main character, April May, and it opens with a very honest introduction to her and the kind of story this is going to be. April introduces herself as, quote, one of the most important things that has ever happened to the human race, and says that she'll tell the story as honestly as she can, but she has a, quote, significant pro-me bias. So, right off the bat, we're talking about fame, critical thinking skills, biases in storytelling, knowing your author, lots of good stuff, and that's literally just page one. So, let's get into a plot summary. So, April recently graduated art school and is working in New York City for a graphic design company. She's walking home one night when she stumbles across a statue that she's never seen before. But not just any statue, ooh, intrigue. (laughs) The statue is about 10 feet tall, seemingly metal, and looks like a giant samurai warrior. When she touches it, it feels warm, but in the way styrofoam feels warm. So, you know, it's not metal, but it's also not styrofoam either. She doesn't know what it is. Being an art student, she decides to interview it like a news reporter, and she calls her friend Andy to come film the video. He does, and in the interview, she names the statue Carl. Overnight, her video goes viral, because apparently these Carl statues have miraculously appeared in at least 60 cities worldwide, and no one knows where they came from. April and Andy are now essentially internet famous. It's important to note, as I said earlier, that April is bi and living with her girlfriend Maya, but April has commitment issues, so they don't sleep in the same room because that would be like moving in together, and April is not ready for that. Maya plays a much bigger role in the second book because as April spirals deeper and deeper into internet fame and political punditry, Maya gets put on the back burner, and they do break up in this book, but there's more to Maya than meets the eye. More on that later. I mentioned political punditry, so it's soon it's pretty clear that the Carls are not of terrestrial origin. Simply put, they're aliens, we think. Nobody knows? April solves a puzzle and makes some questionable choices by giving the Carls some iodine and americium, two elements. Uh, Giving him these makes his right hand fall off, and it also infects April with a contagious dream that she spreads to everyone around her. Wild. We're definitely getting into the science fiction part of this book. The dream has some puzzles in it that are meant for the entire human population to work together to solve, which is why it had to be infectious. After this happens, the shit metaphorically hits the fan. Suddenly, we know the Carls are sentient, and probably aliens, and we also know that they essentially picked April. Now, I'm sure we're all very familiar with the way conspiracy theories travel and grow, 
In this story, the newest conspiracy theory is that the Carls are dangerous and that April might not even be human. And even if she is, she's working on their side, and that makes her dangerous too. These conspiracy theorists call themselves the Defenders, and their leader is a man named Peter Petrowicki. Suddenly, April finds herself to be a political voice with some real influence in the world, giving interviews on the news and watching her words have real-life impact. She wants to spread a message of love and acceptance and peace, and she really does believe that the Carls are good, but she can't explain what's happening any better than anyone else. She doesn't have any proof. So tensions continue to escalate. April finds out she kind of loves being famous. She also rapidly found herself becoming very rich off of her interviews and appearances. And her relationships take the fall. Unfortunately, if humanity is to survive, April needs her relationships. Remember how the dream is a series of puzzles that people have to work together to solve? Well, the last puzzle in the dream only appears for April, but she needs a huge amount of help to solve it, because what does she know about airplane mechanics and accordions and Mayan numerals? It's a complicated puzzle. Well, now it's Maya's time to shine. Maya, aside from being also an art student and also gay, like April, is a genius, unlike April. When the dream first started to spread, Maya took to the internet, forming discussion forums and chat groups to work out problems together under a screen name that kept her anonymous. She solved several puzzles completely on her own and collaborated on many more. April had to repair her damaged relationship with Maya in order to get her help, but together with a programming team, they created an app where every person working on the dream could organize, discuss, and solve every puzzle systematically. In this app they built, April was able to get the information she needed to solve the last puzzle. The only thing is, the Defenders got there first. Let's remember who the Defenders are. They're conspiracy theorists, and they hate April. That's what we know. One of them tried to assassinate her, uh, Carl killed him by turning him into grape jelly. That made them hate her more. So when the Defenders solved this puzzle, what did they do? Well, they changed the answer. They changed it so that April would find an answer that would lead her to an abandoned warehouse in upstate New York, pretending that Carl told her to go there. So she went, but... She live-streamed the whole thing on Facebook, so when the Defenders trapped April inside and set the warehouse on fire, the whole world saw it. And I mean the whole world. Like, her fame has skyrocketed. Right before the warehouse collapsed, she solved the, pu the final puzzle and was able to tell her livestream that someone needs to press a piece of gold against every single Carl in the world at the same time. And once she says that, the warehouse collapses on her, and April dies. The rest of the book is narrated by Andy. When a piece of gold was touching every Carl, 
the New York Carl flew straight up into the air and disappeared. Every other Carl disappeared where it stood. April's team was sad, but still working together to try and put their lives back together. Andy, being as rich and famous as April was, is trying to help put the whole world back together. And then Andy got a text. It said, knock, knock. And it was from April. And then Hank ended the book. I was so mad. (laughs) It was infuriating. When I read it the first time, I read it when it had just come out, and I had to wait until he finished writing the second book to learn what happened next. I was so angry. So that's the plot, which is compelling and amazing, and I love it. And that's a good chunk of the book review done. Uh, But if you want to hear what I think of his social commentary, please listen on. All right. Hank Green is at an interesting level of internet fame. I know who he is, obviously. I've followed his videos for a really long time. Some of you might know who he is. Others may not. He gets recognized at the grocery store in the town where he lives. Sometimes his tweets go viral. He's very, very familiar with how the internet, and especially social media, works. After all, he's built his livelihood off of it, and is now in a place where he can critique it without risking his platform. He's also had that platform on the internet for 13 years, so he knows what he's talking about. When April gets a platform, she really, really wants to do good with it. Wouldn't anybody? Right? Your voice is suddenly heard by a lot of people, and you want to say the right thing. Except... Before long, you find out that the internet doesn't reward nice things. Every social media and news platform, except TikTok, oddly, actively rewards outrage content. That means that when people are mad, or make content that makes other people mad, that content does really, really well. Nobody's I love my dog tweet goes viral. But if you have a platform, and you say something controversial, well, a lot more people are going to engage with that. That's why the defenders rose to power so quickly in the book. They were scared and angry, and they made other people scared and angry, so suddenly they had a huge platform. This is why it's hard to make ethical social media. Is spreading misinformation ethical? No. Is fear-mongering ethical? No. But who gets to decide what's fear-mongering and what's raising legitimate concern? Where does the freedom of speech draw the line? Right now, it's basically nowhere, so any viewpoint can jump to popularity as long as people are engaging with it. Social media and news platforms allow this to happen because more engagement means more money for them. It keeps you using the service and looking at it for longer, so they don't care what it is that you're looking at. When you're internet famous, it comes with hate. April spent a lot of time responding to hate. It's hard to ignore. Plus, it makes you more famous. 
and despite starting out with good intentions, we were explicitly told that April May is a raging narcissist. She'll chase this fame no matter the cost. Eventually, the combination of unwavering faith in Carl and the constant desire for more fame, more platform, more engagement, cost April her life. Obviously, internet fame doesn't spell death for the vast majority of people, but Hank Green's commentary on the emotional and societal risks of fame obsession is glaring. I also greatly respect how bold Hank's commentary is. He basically said, yeah, Twitter sucks, Facebook sucks, the internet rewards misinformation, fame and money will ruin your life. No fear, bold, nuanced too. Because in the book, the world really was in danger and April really was right and really did need to spread her message in order to save the world. Social media is a terrible place for nuance. You want to have a conversation where you objectively look at all sides and acknowledge parts of an opponent's argument while maintaining confidence in yours and also acknowledging that you don't know everything and that your opinion has room to grow? No. You can't do that on social media. (laughs) You just can't. But you can do that in a book. Which is why I'm glad that Hank Green finally did. So, 8 out of 10 book, Hank. Exceptional commentary, exceptional plot. Put more people of color in it next time. Actually, Maya's black, and he did put more people of color in the second book, like several more main characters. So, also, plus a lot more brilliant women, and even more cool commentary. So that's very good. Very good job. I like that book a lot. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Fast Facts for Gen Z. I'm working on making transcriptions of these episodes available so you can read things or read along while I speak. I'll let you know when and where you can find them. For now, you can follow me on Twitter at FastFactsPod and follow this podcast to be notified every time I release a new episode. This is Callie, signing off.